0: Welcome to SMSF Mate, our general advice warning. We are required to warn you that any advice has been prepared without taking into account your objectives, financial situations or needs. And because of that, you should, before acting on any advice, consider the appropriateness of the advice having in regard to your own objectives, financial services and needs. Where the advice relates to the acquisition or possible acquisition of a particular financial product... You should obtain a product disclosure statement relating to that product and consider the PDS before making any decision about whether to acquire the product.
1: Welcome back to SMSF Mates Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We're here on the 10th of August. Uh, we've just had another 50 basis point increase from the RBA. We're at 1.85%. And that's uh, been fact checked this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Today, we're talking about uh, property within self-managed super fund.
2: Gareth. Yeah, Yeah, um, and so uh, we're very lucky um, on our team of mates here today. We uh, have Ashwin, the accountant, um, uh, the legitimate accountant. I can talk my personal... Uh, opinion, but um, uh, Ashwin is the uh, Wikipedia Brains Trust um, accountant. Uh. I'll do my best, Gareth. <laughs> <laughs> his, his head just got bigger. We won't be able to get him <laughs> out of the door. Um, so uh, we are going to do a sort of bit of a Q&A. We're also joined with um, Dave. Dave's going to ask lots of stupid questions about... Um, Investing in property and super funds. Nice, yeah, like I'm nice, coming at
3: it from the perspective of not knowing anything. So, <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, And so, yeah, we'll um, uh, ask some questions. And if you are listening to this and you uh, have some questions that we didn't answer uh, or you even have some opinions, um, uh, please get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, visit our website, smsfmate.com.au. There's lots of buttons that say please send us an email uh, or you can jump on our socials. So, um, yeah, so investing in property in my self-managed super fund, what should I think about first up?
0: Yeah. I suppose the first, uh, first thing I'll start off with is you should look at getting some advice um, from a financial planner, just to see that it is the right sort of investment for you and you know the risks going through, because um, everyone's in a different stage of life, balances and things in their super, but... Ultimately, the big thing with uh, property is your exposure and, and leverage. So there's two types um, of properties. Some people buy direct. So that's, you know, finding a house in, in a particular suburb that you buy or pro- a commercial property that you buy um, in your super and you might have a loan for it or then then the risks change because um, obviously you've got to get a loan from an institution You find that a lot of the institutions sort of stepped away from um, lending, so you might have to go to a non-bank lender potentially, and the interest rates will be higher. Um, And I think from a podcast we just did uh, previously, like the yields are probably between three. And when I say yields, that's the rental income after expenses range from three percent to maybe four and a half if it's commercial, three three if it's residential. If your interest rates five. Um, you're going you're, backwards, right? You're going backwards cash flow wise. So that means all your super contributions are going towards the loan and you might have to throw in more when you're paying the principal off as well. So mm. all of a sudden the cash flow conversation is there. Now, there's nothing wrong with putting more money in your super. We we're big advocates if you can afford to do it because it's good for your retirement. But you've picked one investment to throw your money into. Yeah. So if the if you're not if the loan's only fifty percent of the thing, then maybe you can afford it because the rent at 3.2 is actually enough to cover it. So that everyone has to look at their own circumstances, map it out, stress test it with higher interest rates, see where you'd fall out and see if you can afford it. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing to rely on the bank, but one thing for you to do it yourself.
3: So, so what you're saying basically is that any, uh, any money that you're putting into your super fund in that, in that circumstance would be going to pay off bank interest but could potentially be put towards other investments that might be better?
0: Yeah, that, that's the ultimate opportunity cost, right? So, you know, you're giving up um, that money because you're paying off the property. So you, you pick the property as you're outperforming because you're borrowed money, you're trying to grow on that yield or the growth of that asset, which could be a long-term win, but that's, that's the chosen path you've gone down because the banks charge a high interest rate in super funds because... It's, it's done through a bear trust, which effectively means they've got no other guarantee. So they won't come after your own home or, or your, any other investments you have other than what's in your super fund. So it sounds
2: like the, if you're going to buy a property in your self-managed super fund uh, with lending from a bank, <laughs> uh, because of the risk associated with it, sounds like the interest rates probably would be higher than if I did it in my personal name, right? Okay, making the yield less.
0: Yeah, de- definitely a lot higher than, you know, your personal house versus an investment property um, rate because it's now in a self-managed super fund, the risk profile gets harder for a right. bank, so they will charge a higher interest rate um, and, and that's part of your factoring it on the process. But, you know, the, the reason we look at super fund is it also has the lower tax environment when you make profit. So if, if this is a good investment, you're only paying tax at 15% um, through the yield period or the earnings and if you're in retirement mode and you sell the property there is no capital gains up to the you know threshold of whatever your balance in your super is so it has benefits long term but it will come at you know the sacrifice that you'll have to find the money to service that loan if the rates go higher and your super managed super fund doesn't cover it you're gonna have to throw money in you also find there's probably restrictions from the bank's uh, potentially on uh, going into pension phase so if this property drags out to the years when you've reached retirement age you can't actually take out money over your super because the bank's not going to let you do that till the loan's paid out so you'll find there's all sorts of things you have got to look long term yeah so you can't it.
2: really kind of like increase your loan and withdraw the equity and you know go spend it it stays in your super fund effectively oh, it yeah, definitely yeah.
0: stay in your super fund um, but you know the the scenario I'm sort of describing is, let's say you've reached 67, retired, but you still owe 100 grand on this commercial property you bought in your super fund. The bank will probably have a restriction that you can't go into pension phase. So you can't make it tax-free. You can't do anything until you either sell the property and pay out the loan or you throw in the extra money to pay it off. So you're going to have all sorts of restrictions on there. Um, And you also face the potential issues that the banks have reviews. So they might be reviewing that property every year to check the value if the value drops they might ask you to throw a whole bunch of money to service it or they might ask you to sell it to de-risk themselves so it's not as easy as you know typically when you buy a home loan the bank's not going to come back and reassess the value yeah, of the house once you've got the loan you've got the loan as long right? as you haven't missed a payment right um so that's all the things once you step into a self-managed super fund, you've got a lot more risk and due diligence to go through. And that's why, you know... I, I, yeah, I
2: think they get revalued every three years. Does that sound oh, that, right? That's for valuations
0: oh, in your super, But that's again. what the bank... The bank can do it annually, right. um, depending on what they've got in there, depending on your risk profile. So that's why it's really important to sit down with the financial advisor and the, and the broker to outline what are your conditions of the loan right. and understand it. So it's a big, big decision, especially if you're getting a loan in your super and you've picked this one investment to run through. It it has its pros and cons. You've lost diversity um, because you can't buy other assets um, because all your cash is tied into this. But it could be a good win. But it it, both sides of it.
2: Yeah. uh, So I've I've heard a lot of stories of uh, 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 small business owners, uh, self-employed. You know, sort of renting their office from their super fund. Yeah. Is that a different sort of kettle of fish to buying a property for investment, or is it? uh, Look, individual circumstances.
0: Individual circumstances definitely, but. I think when you we've got that circumstance of, you know, um, you, you can pay, um, people know that they'll be the tenant for that property. Right. So you've got peace of mind that you know that your business is either strong and can continue running. But ultimately, you're not going to be running your business forever. So at some point, it's either going to be rent or sold to some other party. So you still got to do your f- fundamental checks right. of it. And that's where an advisor will run you through that. Um, and, th- you know, that's that's how make investment decisions is you should do research and you know I think from our previous podcast um, they, they run through all of that sort of things with you as, as a buyer's agent but obviously the buyer's agent gets paid on a transaction you also want to run through with an independent advisor just to shoot through questions to you know give you the peace of mind if you, if you think think big picture and you're going to spend you know between 500 to a million dollars on a property spending five to ten grand with the financial advisor to make sure you understand what you're doing. Seems like good it Seems sense. make sense. Mm. Um and I, I would if you can't afford the five to ten then
2: And those costs are in theory tax deductible in the, the investment anyway. Yeah.
0: They should be fine in yeah. the super fund. But you know, I think it, it comes back to just if you're going to spend that money of investment seeking advisor just to make sure you've got peace of mind. As much as self-manage is those first two words, it doesn't mean you don't seek advice. Yeah,
3: Is that something that you can do on a personal basis as well? Like could you, is is buying a property through a self-managed super fund a, a way to like buy yourself a property too where you can like rent it to yourself from the super fund?
0: Um, only a commercial property. So you can't rent um, a property that's a residential property to um, a re- relation to yourself. So that includes, you know, all the way through any family relations. So, no, you can't buy a residential property and rent it to yourself. Even if you're paying arm's length rent, all the rest of it, it's not allowed. Um, So, yes, only a commercial property is the only exception to that.
3: So, does that apply when you're retired as well? Like, can you buy a (coughs) a property for yourself through your super fund for when you retire?
0: Uh, No, you you can't. Even when you're retired, it's excluded. So, you know, if you're going to buy... If, you let's say, you haven't got a property and you're using your super money to draw it, if you're retired, you can technically sell your investments, take the money out and buy the property in your own name. From a personal point of view, we've got a main residence exemption here. So as long as your property is not acreage, you can buy a property, buy it in your own name and you wouldn't pay tax on it. And, so I'm sorry, it what do you mean by acreage? Um, so the main residence exemption lets you go no more than two hectares from memory. So as long right. as your property is not more than two hectares, you should be For For oh, two a, yeah. No two orchards. Acre no orchards, yeah, no, no that
2: farms, thing. that sort of thing, right? <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: No yeah. petting zoos. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, so it's always a bigger than that. That allowance, it'll be tax-free. Right. So you might as well buy it in your own name. And it also isn't assessed by Centrelink as an asset at this stage. So it also probably make you more eligible for a pension. So don't buy it in your super. Um, and you can't anyway.
1: With, um, So I, I've been looking into the last few weeks uh, what uh, banks or lenders will loan to an SMSF to buy a residential property. And... To my great surprise, it was very difficult. The Big Four left the space in twenty eighteen, I, I believe. Um, following that, I think it was sort of second tier banks, and now they've also gone. and And it seems to be too hard basket. Do you
0: think? Uh, look, uh, if you find the right investment, I don't think it's a bad thing to explore those options. But the reason the rates are higher is the complexity, and that's maybe why some. Some institutions decide not to go into it because you know if the super rules change or if things change in your circumstance, the recourse for the bank or the institution that to lend it has changed. So, um, they're not, they're not they don't want to unwind the loan because you can imagine the pain and process of doing that. So, it's a lot of work to get the super fund loan, but if fundamentally you found a really good investment, it might make sense. But you might find to get a tier one bank or a good rate, you might need a really big deposit. Right. And that, you know, is still a good thing as well because it reduces your risk long-term from the leverage point of view. Um, But but
2: for the large majority of people that would probably go against diversification in the self-managed super fund because, you know, you can't buy an investment property <laughs> for 50 grand. Or, well, I doubt it. Not in Australia anyway. Yep. You know, so if your average median house price is, what, something like 500,000 or, you know, maybe 500 to a million... You know, and you want to diversify your
0: look. Well, if you had three hundred grand in super, you got a healthy deposit towards yeah. that five hundred thousand right. dollar property. But right. there's not
2: not much left if you you know want to diversify into some shares or cash.
0: Well, or if you if you get it to the point where it's positively geared. Right. Okay. Right. And and that's that's the goal. That's that's so you can have a
2: three hundred k deposit, and you could have five hundred k of lending. Say if
0: you're getting three and a half percent return, that's going to more than cover the loan repayments on two hundred thousand potentially. Right. But you've got to do all those sums, and then you start going, okay, well, but then you're giving up that exposure that we talked about, and that's why you sit down with an advisor and go, when would you have the cash flow to invest and diversify again? Because picking one winner you know, is not the best advice because one of the things we all get taught from an investing point of view is diversification is important. So, you know, you can still get an exposure to real estate through REITs and other avenues. But if you find... Real estate investment trusts. Yes. uh, Good work, Gareth. Uh, But, you know, you can can get that exposure. So you, you sit down and go, do I want that exposure now or do I see this particular property as a really great investment because... X, Y, Z, and you've done the fundamental tests or you've gone through all those things yourself to make sure you can afford it because it's really hard mm. to, to pick a winner. But if you've done the research to do it, then all, all, all credit to you.
3: So what's the difference between uh, buying property as like outright buying property through an SMSF as opposed to investing in a real estate investment trust?
0: Well, real estate investment trust, you know, you bought bought the share in there. Um, and it's going to grow through you. While if you buy direct property, you picked that property, that suburb, those tenants, you've got no diversification. While a REIT will tell you what the diversification is, whether it's commercial resi or it's a mix, what the tenancies are, how long the, the leases are for, what the percentage of return is, all of those things are actually explained to you in an annual report. So you've got a good understanding of where you're going, and and liquidity-wise, it's easy to sell your you know, listed REIT or unlisted REIT, depending on the... Yeah, so
2: a REIT is, is much like buying shares in a company, but the the real estate investment trust may have 10 properties in it. So yep. it may own some shopping centres or, yep. you know... It an could IG, be 100 properties. Or 100, yeah. but it wouldn't be one, right? Unlikely. Unlikely.
0: <laughs> so, right. and that's why you've got to do your research into those and you can see the market cap and let's say you got $50,000 into a REIT, that's a billion dollar valuation chances are it's probably somewhat liquid to get your money out, but do your research into that, but it's nowhere near the liquidity issues you face with one property, one location.
2: And and obviously the bank can't lend you money to buy a REIT in the same way that they could to buy a residential property. Well, uh,
0: it depends on, on, you can get, margin loans within your thing right. if it's a listed rate and yeah. things like that but and totally different Cattle of fish to uh, totally getting, getting
2: effectively a home loan yes. in your super fund yeah,
0: yeah. right. so you, you'll find there are some institutions that will lend in those circumstances but again like everything sit down with an advisor to see how it maps out because you're doing it for your retirement so you're probably worth getting the advice to say this is what the forecast or the, the expectation of this investment might be over years because as Arjun was saying it's 5 to 8% is the asset class return for real estate. It's not what's happened in the last two years at 20 and 25%. It's not going to continue to do that. Um, and then when you expose debt to it, it's another factor that will affect your return and your stress levels through right. that investment period. Um, but if it goes gangbusters and the yield's really good, you can afford it and the deposits, you know, made it affordable and it's going to be positively geared, it might be a good investment. But again, sit down... Look at it, make a plan with your advisor and go from there.
2: And, and do things like, um, from a tax point of view, GST apply in super funds for property? If or? it's commercial
0: property and right. um, it's, it's rent over that amount, then yes, you'll charge GST um, and you just do the GST return as part of it. In your super fund? In your super fund. Right. There'll be something sort of flagged by your accountant or financial advisor when they're preparing the accounts.
3: So um, are there any other differences in terms of buying a residential property versus a commercial property through an SMSF?
0: Uh, The only difference is the commercial properties can be rented out to a related party at market rate still. Um, That's probably the only real difference. And
2: by a related party, you mean like you might own your own business and so you can, yeah, right. You can
0: rent it to yourself, Um, but you still got normal market value assessments, um, doing market rent, all of those things still have to be followed through.
2: So Ashwin, so... You know, for maybe someone who hasn't had an investment property, you know, in the past or familiar with all the costs involved, uh, I mean, when you're trying to work out potential return, you know, if you're, if you're looking at stocks, it's pretty straightforward. There's two real things. There's capital growth of the, the stock increasing or decreasing, um, and then there's a potential dividend. You know, investment properties get a bit more complicated, I imagine it's not as simple as going, I can get $500 a week in rent, times it by 52, and that's my income. Uh, you know, there's a lot of sort of costs involved. I think yeah. perhaps some hidden ones in there. Oh uh, Maybe I you think, could expand well, on that a bit. They
0: wouldn't be hidden because you'll see them go. Uh, <laughs> you see it when you pay them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I suppose it's all the costs related to the type of investment you've got. So, you know, residential properties, you'll have all the maintenance costs, the repairs, the repairs council rates, um and... Gardening. Water rates, yeah. Water rates. A, a stigma of things, but it depends on what your lease says, right? Um, and it's common in a residential lease that you, as the landlord, have to pay all those costs. You find with a commercial lease, a lot of those costs get pushed to a tenant. So you don't have those costs yeah, so yourself. Outgoings. Outgoing, so yeah. So that's, you know, that's a normal term in, in, in a lease. So you'll find that that's why the yields, sometimes in commercial properties, are, are going to be higher than a residential property because all the outgoings are paid by the by the tenant and the leases are longer. All of those things are there, but you know you, the trade-off is you probably have lower capital growth potentially, but it, it's all the things you'd sit down and, and make a plan for. Um, and specifically, if you have a self-managed super fund, the costs are higher in terms of maintenance and, and lending and reviews and all of those things are costs that will be... Loaded onto the property.
3: How does uh, like inflation that's happening at the moment and potential cash rate um, rises in the future uh, to do with inflation? Like, how would that affect buying an SMSF through your uh, buying property through your SMSF?
0: I suppose the the clear one is obviously if interest rates go up, that that's a direct um, effect. You also find that maybe with inflation, you'd expect the rentals to be reviewed and, and increased accordingly, depending on what your lease says. So you know, it's a, it's a term in um, in leases for commercial properties, that subject to a yearly review, your rate will go up by market rate or inflation, whichever is the higher number, is a general cause. But again, everyone's subject to what's in their agreement, and same with you know residential properties. You know, whenever the review happens, if the if the rents go up, then the rents go up as well. So mm. you find they sort of follow each other to an extent. But it might not be enough to cover the risk or the interest cost that you've had up there. Depends again on everyone's borrowing capacity, deposit, and their specific interest rate on the type of property they've bought. So, again, it's, it's everyone's circumstance going to be different. But those are all the things you'll find will flow through. So, the lower you're borrowing, the lower the cost to yourself obviously is.
2: And and so we're sort of talking on an individual basis, but most self managed super funds normally have you know, a, a family of beneficiaries or at least a couple, maybe, you know, husband and wife kind of thing. Is it possible to combine super funds? Like, for example, could the, the Gareth self-made super fund combine with the David self Managed super fund and buy property together? Is that allowed?
0: Potentially, yes, um, but it, it gets complicated from a borrowing and risk right. profile if you're borrowing money. Now, if you're not buy, borrowing money and you buy it's a property. cash
2: and Dave's cash in the pot.
0: Well, yeah. it's just buying an investment together, right? right? Um, but th- there are complexities around it and how you structure all of those things have to be, you know, make sure you're not bre- breaching any rules with the yeah. Superannuation Act. But, you know, you, you just go to your auditor's prior, say, this is what we're going to do. How do we structure it? And there are vehicles to help facilitate that purchase. Right.
2: So that opens up some opportunities for some people, you yeah. Know, rather than an individual, because it, you know, yeah, from an individual's point of view, you think that's my super I'm buying, but really it could be a multitude of people. Yeah,
0: but like anything, if they're unrelated parties and you're going into investments, they can also have consequences when people want to exit. Yeah. Right? So, so Dave those,
2: wants out. I don't want out. What happens? Well,
0: you can't stop him you from can't. getting out. There'll probably be a sale. There'll probably be you know unhappiness over the whole transaction so I, I would i would avoid those situations best i could unless everyone's very clear on what all of those things entail right oh
2: well, that's pretty interesting Ashwin. anything else you can think of that if i was a uh, potential self-managed super fund trustee Thinking about investing in property because a lot of words and uh, jargon yeah, the, in there, the, but uh, there is.
0: I suppose the easiest way is uh, see a financial advisor. Yeah, I've heard that one. Spend that yep. money, <laughs> um, and then and see how it maps out. Yeah, yeah as long as you've you've stress tested it, you, you've taken advice, you sort of looked at, un- understood what you're going through, do your all, research, all the restrictions. Mm-hmm. Then I think I think it, it could be a sound investment, but that's that's what you deal with anything.
2: Thank you for joining us once again. If you're interested in our waffle about self managed super funds, feel free to join us on smsfmate.com.au or search SMSFmate in Spotify.